Welcome to the Opinionated SEO, where we talk about recent news and updates in the digital marketing world of SEO, paid advertising, and social media that impact you as a marketer. I'll also throw some of my opinion into the mix. Now, there wasn't a lot of SEO news over the holiday weekend and the new year, but I wanted to recap what I felt were the most important takeaways from Friday's English office hours with Google's John Mueller. As always, I'll give a synopsis, my opinion, and a link to the question in the video. Some people may be relying on the cache pages in search result pages to verify the indexing of their content on the page correctly. Now, the cache pages are actually handled separately from indexing, so you may have a page that's in the index. However, you won't have a cached page for it. Now, in my opinion, I really like looking at cached pages. I think they give you a great idea of the actual content that Google sees, especially if you're doing client-site rendering. So make sure to take a look at that, see if there's anything in there that you weren't expecting to see, something showing up that should have been maybe hidden, or you weren't expecting it to be able to pull that from, say, JavaScript or an Ajax request. The next question was really interesting because I'm going through a lot of this right now, and it relates to translations. So the discussion was talking about poor translations from automated translations of an alternate language and how that affects the SEO's main language version. And this actually comes down to metrics that Google uses that are site-wide factors for single-page factors. So if you have low-quality pages overall, whether it's thin content, badly translated content, or another issue, this can actually bring down your overall site and domain quality rankings and be harmful to your SEO efforts as a whole. The discussion goes in to conclude that at the least, spend money on your top pages for quality translation. I've seen this a lot where automatic translation was set up, and unfortunately, now you've just doubled the size of your site and all of those pages are kind of garbage. And that just overall brings the quality of your domain down and can affect your overall rankings. So only translate things that you need to, or if they're just for users and you don't need it to be indexed, remove it from the index, no index those pages. And so you don't have to worry about Google seeing those and saying that they're low quality because it won't even look at them. Another interesting question that came up talked about IP-based content detection. What I think the big takeaway here is that Google Crawler ignores all permission requests from your site. So when it asks for, can I have your location to find maybe the nearest store or products that are in your area, things like that, it's not something that Googlebot is going to be able to do. So this was a question that came up because someone was presenting content that was based on IP detection, and it was causing their site to skew towards a very specific geographic area for indexing. And as they're moving away from that to make sure that their national brand actually shows up for all the products that are available across the board, they are trying to come up with a better way to implement that and worried that Googlebot might still interact with some of their location-based settings that will affect it the way it was before. So John Muir went in to say that if it's a form or a button, Googlebot's not going to click or fill anything out. But if it's a link, then it will most definitely try the link. And if the site uses your location and there's a permission request, Googlebot will ignore it. 
because it's ignoring all requests. So you should be fine. So this one's really interesting. I would say to test what would make the most sense here is try at least two different tests, one that's IP-based and one that's permission-based and see how Google handles them differently and see if this is something that your implementation works the way that you expect it to. There's a great question about pages that are authoritative, have good backlinks, but for whatever reason, maybe you don't want them to be indexed. And how do you handle those? John came with a great suggestion of using the rel canonical tag to flow that authority to a different page. The question was really asking about, can I use a redirect just for Googlebot, which really is borderline against the Google guidelines. The pages aren't indexed. It's actually okay. But if those were indexed pages, that would definitely be against guidelines. So my opinion here is anytime you're treating a user differently than Google, you're making things a lot harder. And it's also not easy to test and duplicate redirects for a single crawler, and you can cause other issues down the line. I would say, if at all possible, always try to give Googlebot the exact same representation as any user, so you never run into those issues. And beyond that, Rel Canonical is an amazing tag and it does a great job and I haven't seen a lot of issues with it. The next question that really stood out to me is very relevant to work I'm doing because recently we saw about 150,000 pages removed from the index within about a week as Google picked up a no result message that we had in the source code, even though it was hidden. If you have any text in your source code, whether hidden or not, Google can index it and use it. If it happens to be an error message, then this is actually can trigger Google to think that the whole page is an error page and then ignore it moving forward. If you have content you don't want indexed, don't have it in the source code of the page. Also consider text that's hidden is indexable. If you have a shortened version of the product text that only a portion is visible and the rest is hidden, you aren't going to get a cloaking penalty, but you get the benefit of that content being indexed and helping your SEO. Back in early 2019, there was a lot of discussion about using the indexing API to get your results indexed faster than just letting Google know via a sitemap. John Mueller said that yes, it will crawl the page so it can review the content and the structured data associated, but with jobs. You're typically limited by 200 URLs when you start out in the process to increase that, I'll tell you right now, is not very straightforward. However, I've successfully submitted over 20,000 URLs in a single day, and I've seen them in the index within 24 hours, and these are not job-related pages. So it is possible. There are a few articles around, and Yoast for WordPress started implementing this in their plugin back in February of 2019. I've got a link to their blog post about that and some of their tests that were done. This was a hot topic about a month or two ago, but there was a discussion about title rewrites that just don't make sense. And it seems like for this person, it was happening and can definitely be an issue for you if you're adding new types of content or product lines and Google hasn't fully aligned that with your domain. So take a look at this. It was a little bit of a short discussion, but something to consider if you're going to be making a major change or adding a whole new product segment that your titles might be a little bit off for a while. Something to maybe consider as you build that section out. This next one's a big one. People saying my site isn't getting indexed. How long does Google take to pick up on quality changes? You're looking at several months. Keep that in mind as you build up pages and make them more robust. 
that your overall site quality score will take a long time for Google to fully update and give you additional authority. So if you feel like your site isn't getting indexed because it's a lower quality and you need to increase that quality by building up better content, better internal linking, things like that, it's going to take a while for Google to understand that. So my opinion is to make a lot of these changes in a dev environment and then push them all in a single update, which is going to send a very clear signal to Google. John mentions to make sure you do the full thing. Don't do small changes, wait a couple months, see how it reacts, and then go back and make more small changes. Those incremental changes, though, are positive, aren't going to have the same kind of impact as doing a large change overall, which sends that signal. And last thing on the list here, Screaming Frog continues to make updates to their software. Their version 16.5 closed another Log4j vulnerability that showed up. However, another one surfaced and they keep surfacing. This is a third-party library that they're using, so it's not something that's their fault. But they did respond to my tweet asking what their timeline was for a fix. And basically, go ahead and email support. They could send you a patched version this once again shows how Screaming Frog has just absolutely amazing customer service. I highly recommend their software and it's worth every penny. Everyone have a great new year and we'll see you tomorrow.